This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back into a new edition of the Lions 24-7 podcast. I am Tyler Donahue. He is Sean Fitz. It is the fourth and final weekend of June here in Happy Valley. A beautiful weekend, and the stage is set for another busy one for these Nittany Lions. Just about the entire 2022 recruiting class will be on campus together this weekend. You've got the seven-on-seven tournament returning to campus on Friday. The Big Man Challenge, these are things that we took for granted a bit as annual events. And then last year happened. We're back in a a groove a bit uh, with the recruiting trail. Um, But we've got to start here, Sean, with some personnel moves. We've got to start with an exit. This is one that you hinted at on the podcast earlier this month, officially reported it out on Friday morning before we recorded this podcast, uh, evaluated as a four-star offensive guard by 24-7 Sports in the last recruiting cycle. Nate Bruce, a native of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, is no longer with the program. And based on your report, no longer plans to play college football. Yeah, it's not a situation where he's looking to get out and transfer or anything like that. It's just, uh, I think he just found very quickly that college football was not for him. It, it happens. It's unfortunate when it happens, especially when you put that much time and energy and resources into recruiting a kid. I mean, they've been on Nate Bruce since he was a freshman or sophomore in high school. Um, so that that's unfortunate to find out that way. Um, but yeah, he, he only lasted a couple of practices. I'm not even sure he made it into pads in the spring. That's how, that's how quickly this thing moved. Um, he, he had a window to come back. They, they wanted him back. They were going to give him an opportunity to come back. The second summer session starts this weekend or starts next week. Um, guys will move in this weekend. Um, so it's, it's really, a situation that was kind of a slow burn there for a while. We, we kind of find out, found out about this in late April, early May. Um, been talking about it on the, on the site um, online 24 seven, but it's uh it's tough to see because, you know, he's, he's been good to us. He was on the podcast with us uh, before he enrolled. He seemed excited. He got to campus. They seemed excited about him. Big, strong kid. Um, you know, just a, just a raw, one of those lumps of clay that we talk about and, seemed to take to the lifting program, did pretty well. They ruined him with Landon Tangwall for a reason. Um, did not turn out the way they thought that they thought it would. He worked, he worked pretty well through the, uh, through the off season program. But then when it, you know, when football came around, it just, he decided it wasn't for him. And that's, uh, you know, you kind of tip your hat to him for finding that out now instead of two or three years from now. Um, but at the same time, it, it leaves a pretty big hole in, in Penn state's uh, offensive line future depth chart. Unfortunate circumstances. This is a, a prospect in Nate Bruce and a program in Penn State that invested a lot of time in one another. Remember, he was one of the earliest recruits on board. I think he followed uh, Liam. Actually, he was ahead of Liam Clifford in that class. So he was the, uh, you know, w- one of the longtime commits by the time we got to signing day for 2021. He, he was on committed there for what, he, uh, about five hours? Yeah, I think he committed <laughs> at the whiteout in, in 2019. And then he decommitted for a, a matter of an, I, I don't even know if it was a couple hours. And right. I remember just reading reaching out to him and he got caught up in some of the, the process stuff. And, uh, you know, it, it was, uh, it was a short, uh, short little turnaround, but he was back in the class, but he was pretty solid, you know, the, the entire way through, not a guy that you had to worry about. 
um, guy with a lot of physical potential, a guy that had, um, you know, was bumped to, to four-star status by 24 seven sports at the end of his career. Um, just a big, massive kid that, uh, seemed to continue to be growing into his body. A lot of raw strength, a lot, a lot of things to like there. Um, sometimes you, you can't rate heart, you can't rate drive. And that's unfortunately where, where he found himself very quickly. So that's, uh, that's unfortunate. You'll, you'll see what Penn state does, um, to try and fill out that spot because, they brought in Bruce. They brought in Tangwall last year. Um, it's it's kind of a situation where the, the numbers went really big in 2020. Then they went really small in 2021. You're going to ha- have to, I guess, catch back up in, in 2022. They do have J.B. Nelson on campus, the uh, Lackawanna um, offensive. Uh, we'll call him an interior offensive lineman. He's on campus on Friday, which you could seemingly make a case for that being Nate Bruce's replacement. He's got four years left to play three. So the eligibility, not exactly the same, but close enough. Um, but, uh, but still that's a, that's a tough one to swallow when you, when you bring in a class of two guys and that's uh, you're putting a lot on both of those, uh, both of those players. And, you know, you think Landon Tangwall is going to be uh, an eventual multi-year starter here. You thought Nate Bruce could eventually be one of those guys, but it's uh, it, it's not going to turn out that way. You know, I was, I was right. We're doing our kickoff and every day, the corresponding um, is the player that we focus on and profile a bit. And today was 71 days until kickoff. That means tomorrow, Saturday, there's 10 weeks until Penn state plays Wisconsin all of a sudden, but 71 is well fries. And it, it brought me back to the 2016 Penn state recruiting class. And I think you mentioned this around the draft, Sean, three NFL draft picks out of that class, three multi-year starters in Connor McGovern, Will fries, Michael Mennett. I think that just showed, I mean, you missed in that class too with, with the guy, but you, you, you were able to find three guys that played a ton of football for you right now. It's Landon Tengwall or nothing with this group. You brought in Eric Wilson as a one year, you know, a, a situational guy at guard. Maybe he's your starter. Maybe he's on the two deep. We don't know what Eric Wilson's going to do, but we do know he will not be part of the equation in 2022. And Nate Bruce was not going to factor in for you on the field. I, I know he enrolled early, but I think we, we understood that he was not going to press to get on the field and play much of football here as a true freshman where, this stings you is looking ahead 2022 2023 what's going on at guard right now who are the young players are watching you got a golden israel achumba you've got nick dawkins maybe he works in that center uh, bryce efner has kind of played all over the place but he's not really young anymore he's a four, fourth year guy um so it's going to be uh, you know pretty fascinating to see how they address it here the 2022 recruiting class though where there's a lot of work to be done on offensive line but also maybe in the transfer portal next winter end of the day it's an unfortunate unfortunate circumstances because you had Micah Parsons introducing a fellow Harrisburg product at Allen signing day. I know that meant a lot to Nate Bruce. He wanted to represent that city, that high school program. And unfortunately for Penn state, while you do have this all American presence, a member of that LBU legacy with Micah Parsons out of Harrisburg, the other additions from that program, which you would love to, to establish as a consistent pipeline with the power of five talent that comes out. Damian Barber didn't last very long in your program and Nate Bruce lasted even uh, less, uh, far less. So unfortunately it ends, uh, you know, without Either of those players making an impact, Parsons made a huge impact, but not what you're looking for when you go into a program like Harrisburg and, and get the top-rated player out of that. But to Nate Bruce, oh, I mean, look, if, if you don't love football, if this isn't for you, I, I've seen guys try to stick it out two, three years down the line. 
their mental health is bad. Their relationships with their teammates are bad. Their relationships with their college coaches are bad. And they're going to end up leaving campus anyways without making an impact. It's a very hard thing to do. It's a tough pill to swallow. I'm sure he's going to get flack from some members of his community back home, maybe here in the Penn State community as well. But if it's the right move for Nate Bruce and this was inevitable, you might as well make it now rather than getting to, to 21 years old and, and find yourself in a tailspin. You know, Maybe he could have pulled out of it. Maybe he would have fallen back in love over the course of this time. Who knows? But seemingly he understood where his heart and where his brain was at on the subject. And he's got a long life ahead of him and it doesn't have to feature football. It just certainly could have, and it could have really served as a bridge toward, um, you know, potential uh, earnings and and everything else that comes with it for, for a player of that caliber. Yeah, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, Going back to what you said earlier about numbers, that's an interesting point because this 2021 class just landed in Tangwall now, the 2020 class, five guys ahead of it. But you remember that 2019 class, you had two high school guys and Anthony Wiggin, you had Caden Wallace and Salim Wormley come in and Anthony Wiggin. So you're going to do some patching here along the way somewhere. Of course, they got Eric Wilson, the the Harvard transfer. They've already uh, offered another grad transfer offensive lineman whose name's kind of escaping me right now, but he won't be, um, he'll be finishing up his college career and then be a 20, essentially be a 2022 uh, transfer, which is really funny to me that we've, we've gone this far um, in the transfer portal, but uh, no, it's uh, it's one of these things where they're going to have to patch up some, they're going to have to maybe hope some guys play above their um, projections here, um, especially in that 2020 class. So uh, that's, uh, that's going to be an issue that they're going to have to deal with at some point. Sean, from a roster exit to a roster entrance, like with Bruce, uh, with A.J. Litton, uh, former Florida State defensive back, there have been conversations off the air here between us. There have been posts by you on the message board about both of these things can take a little while to come to fruition. The the Bruce deal drops on Friday. On Tuesday, A.J. Litton, uh, it, it's public. Penn State and Brian Doan reported it, but it's something that you've been been following for a while and he's joining the team now. Uh, this is happening this summer. He's going to be a member of the 2021 roster, a former top 50 recruit in the 2018 recruiting class, uh, a guy who was not with the Florida State Seminoles last year. He left near the start of the 2020 spring semester, went to a community college, and now he resurfaces in the Big Ten. Again, we're a few years removed from where this guy was a top 50 overall recruit, uh, but we're also looking at a player who, who has participated in 22 contests with Florida State through a couple of seasons with that program. So you're bringing more experience into that defensive backfield, and it's the second transfer pickup along with John Dixon for that secondary. You're, you're bringing some experience, but it, it's also this one kind of more about athleticism. This is a kid that ran like a 4-3 when he was in high school. Um, I don't know that he's gotten slower. Uh, they always liked him a lot. when he Florida State was always the – like I, I remember interviewing him in person down in D.C. at an event, and Florida State was clearly the place that he always wanted to go. He found out – fairly quickly um, that, you know, that really wasn't the place for him after the coaching change there. Um, it was, was left off the roster and found his way back into junior college uh, closer to home. Um, this is one that would have been done for the first summer session. There were some issues with some, some classes transferring over to Penn state. Um, so he had to, I think, retake a class or take another class or I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, eventually ended up, uh, you know, making things work with Penn state. Uh, they, they really wanted him for a long time. This is one when, when, names popped up in the transfer portal specifically 
in the defensive backfield, it was usually a case where Penn State would weigh that name against Litton, and Litton came out on top of those uh, of those arguments. Um, they've known him for a long time. This is kind of kind of like a situation with John Dixon, where they had that pre-existing relationship. They had the kid on campus for, uh, or excuse me, they had Dixon on campus during his recruitment, had a good relationship with Terry Smith, and that's kind of the same thing that, that's happened here. Um, He's listed as a safety. He's going to play corner at Penn State. Um, that That's interesting because you've got all the moves that happened at corner this spring. You seemingly say, okay, they're very deep. They're stocked at corner. But then you look forward. Three Castro Field's going to be gone after this season. Potentially Joey Porter, if he has a good year, I can see him jumping. So that, that really good corner room, after you move Keaton Ellis, after you move Marquise Wilson, all of a sudden the numbers don't look as great as you would think. So I think that that, that goes into it. Litton, I believe three years to play too. I, I didn't write that down in my notes here, um, but he's got, he's got at least two years of eligibility left to play. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that, that transfers over. Uh, always a genuinely uh, elite athlete in this, in this region, uh, went to, went to wise, um, really had a good high school career. Um, but yeah, you, you, it's hard for coaches to erase some of the things that they see during recruitment and four, three is one of those things that that's really Mm -hmm. hard to erase for them. So that's, that's really why they liked him and they liked him for a long time. Number seven cornerback in composite rankings nationally uh, back in the 2018 recruiting class, number three player out of the state of Maryland. Um, and and looking at that cornerback room, you, you got John Dixon, who has a couple of years ahead of him in, in terms of eligibility coming in from South Carolina. Litton has a couple of years ahead of him. Then you've got this young collection. Any of these guys could break out, maybe give them some thoughts on early NFL draft entrance in the next few years. But Joey Porter Jr. is part of that group. Um, the other couple of guys here that are worth noting because we saw them in other spots in spring camp. And I just spoke with Brent Pry this week, Sean. We got some coverage up this week from conversations with coordinators, Brent Pry, Mike Yersich. Uh, it's up on Lions 24-7 right now. It's a, a thorough rundown of a lot of that. And we'll have more commentary on that in future episodes of the podcast because I want to recircle back to, to those things. But one thing that did stand out is he didn't close the door on Marquise Wilson playing cornerback this year. He didn't close the door on Keaton Ellis playing cornerback this year. Take into that what you will. We're 10 weeks away from the season. I know they have a plan put together. Wilson was finishing at wide receiver in the spring. We saw Keaton Ellis at safety, but that's really shown where the cornerback depth is this year. Cause you got Kalen King in doing what he's doing as a freshman Tariq Castrofield stuck around for that bonus senior year. So it's probably surprising where if you looked at this roster and said, where, what position is going to get two power five transfers added to it? Cornerback would not have been really at the top or near the top of that list coming out of the 2020 season, particularly when you realize that Tariq Castro Fields was sticking around for a fifth season. Yeah, Terry loves taking cornerbacks. <laughs> That's no <laughs> here. You look at uh, what uh, what he does in the recruiting trail, and of course, and, and and that's the starting point for you know moving guys around. You mentioned the the, the guys that had moved to to safety, and that's uh, certainly potential with Litton. I mean, I I'm not sure how big he is right now, but you know, could he potentially be a safety? Yeah, absolutely, I think he could. Um, so we'll we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, yeah, but you, you're right. It, when we were drawing it up, you're thinking, okay, corner. You know, if you find the right guy, if you find the talented guy, and and I think that's the thing that that kind of sticks out to me is that's where the talent's been. You know, just in terms of guys that you've been interested in that have shown interest in you, corners. There's been some talented corners that have reached out. So um, if you can stockpile and add your sort of BPA, best player available, best athlete, whatever, um, that that's where they go. 
This is the sixth FBS transfer edition for Penn State that's going to be on scholarship, uh, fourth from the Power Five level, Sean. Um, you know, it's been an aggressive, aggressive move. Have we seen the last of it from Penn State here in 2021? The offseason's not quite over, but we are getting so close. And I asked Mike Yersich, is quarterback, is it is, is it like what you got is what you got? Or should we still maybe be keeping an eye out for another quarterback coming in? He said, hey, that's the nature of the beast these days. You should probably always keep an eye out. What do we think, though? I mean, realistically, is the transfer market have anything else to offer Penn State? We're, we're just so close to seeing these guys put on pads and hit each other. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to say never say never, but the second summer session does start next week. So if you want to get a guy in, you want to get him into your lifting program, you want to get him around the team before the season, you're running out of chances here. So that's that's going to be tough to see. All right, Nate Bruce out, AJ Litton in. Uh, a couple of recruitments to monitor coming out of official visits to Penn State and now entering the final stretch of their process with commitments now scheduled. Let's start with an in-state prospect, Keon Wiley, a player that we spoke about quite a bit last week on this podcast because he was coming up on an official visit. I described him as that kind of kid that you kick yourself for not taking um, two or three years down the line after his recruitment. Sounds like things went well last weekend. Sounds like Keon Wiley is comfortable enough to announce July 3rd. What's your feel there? I feel Penn State. Um, you know, I got a crystal ball pick in for the Nittany Lions. I think that uh, coming out of that trip, a lot's going Penn State's way. Um, <laughs> it's funny because this cycle has been, or this month really, has been kind of a cluster in terms of, you know, we've seen guys, and this is not just a Penn State thing, we've seen guys that are telling staffs that they're committed and then all of a sudden go somewhere else the next week and then commit to that staff. And, and that's been kind of a whirlwind for for a, a number of schools um and it's even happening to, to the to the top schools as well so um it's it's been really interesting to see that but at the same time i mean wiley's been a guy that's been high on penn state for a long time they've been on him for a long time uh wanted to get a get a closer look and see what they uh could do with him i kind of have him we have him as an edge here i would lean linebacker right now box linebacker um Curious to see uh, what are uh, they, they didn't work him out. So it, it would be interesting to see how he would go through a Brent pride private workout uh, that they've done for a lot of these other guys. But um, yeah, it's a, he's a really good player. He's a, you ask some people in Philadelphia who the best player in the city is. And surprisingly, some will pick Wiley over Ken Talley over a white. Now, Anai white, the best prospect. I don't think there's any question about that uh, with, uh, with that size and the way he moves and everything like that. But in terms of being a football player, Wiley has had a lot of success so far and he's, uh, he's been a good one. Yeah. And I white and, and Kim Wiley, uh, pretty fearsome combination there for Imhotep and whites at, at uh, Ohio state this weekend on his official Wiley's at Kentucky on an official visit. He's been to Pittsburgh as well earlier this month. So one more visit to get through with Wiley, then he gets his decision. Um, the visits are done, I believe for Gunnar Gibbons, who we also talked about quite a bit last weekend. Um, official visit weekend, a guy who started off in the top 20 overall composite rankings is now outside the top 100, still a four-star. Um, Virginia Tech, Penn State are the factors there. Um, there's a bunch of other schools, but a lot of them probably qualify as window dressing at this point in his recruitment. Um, this is just one that's been so hard to get a read on for months now, Sean, and, and I know that you felt Virginia Tech probably was the, was the team in the best position. Does your outlook change at all here You know, a week later? 
It hasn't changed. I know Penn State did a really good job on their official visit in terms of appealing to him, in terms of getting across their point that they want him to be an offensive lineman, and that if he comes to Penn State, he'll, he will be an offensive lineman because he's talked about wanting to play on the defensive line, which I don't see that happening. Um, but this is one where Virginia Tech, I think, has had a reason to feel good for a while. And it's interesting because we, we see this a lot on the Penn State side where you guy keeps keeps visiting, keeps telling them the right things, and then all of a sudden things might change. Now that's still a possibility. But until then, I think you got to like where Virginia Tech stands. Um, It's 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 an interesting one, though, because this is a kid that could have been, you know, actually, this is a kid that we've heard was going to announce for Virginia Tech like three or four times and he hasn't done it. And that's that's notable. And that's something that that's worth watching. I know he he wanted to get to Penn State before he made that decision, Uh, really enjoyed his time there this weekend. But until you know, the winds change on that one. I, I have a tough time seeing him go anywhere else. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's, that's kind of the summation of a lot of kids these days. You know, you, mm. you, you feel comfortable at one spot and then you go check out another school, maybe just for the first time. And, and, and that's changed a lot of people's uh, thoughts in, and, and, and how they handle things. So it's been a really interesting month. I think, what did you say? July 13th or 16th? Yeah. July 16th for Givens, July 3rd for Wiley. And I expect a bunch more, um, uh, prospects, guys that have been on campus in the last month to start setting up their commitments for July, for early July, maybe the tail end of June, but mostly early July. Yeah, this period of time that's upcoming between the official visit period, the long-awaited official visit period of June, and then the start of preseason camp for these high school seniors and for these programs, it's going to be a lot of movement packed into these four or five weeks. And yes, Penn State's class is going to grow. We will talk about that subject a bit more with our five-star mailbag uh, coming in in just a matter of minutes. But Sean, let's also address one other announcement coming from an official visitor last weekend. Uh, This one of note, I don't believe we have a commitment date uh, locked in yet here, but Kevin Winston announcing that he is down to two. Um, KJ Winston, you've probably heard him refer to on this podcast. Penn State, Maryland are the two that he is focused in. He he officially visited Michigan State during the first weekend of June. Uh, They're not in the mix. He's no longer going to Notre Dame this weekend. He had an official visit planned for there. Uh, Notre Dame, uh, no longer a factor in this recruitment. Uh, He will be competing in the seven-on-seven tournament Friday, so very quickly getting back the Happy Valley. This is a guy that you've been high on for quite some time, probably more so than, than what matches up on his profile in terms of rankings and ratings. Um, and I'm with you there. There's something about this guy um, and for a while now um, that that really stands out with, with way, the way he talks about Penn State, but also what he can bring to this class at, at a position of need. Yeah, it's been a position that they haven't recruited overly well um, the last several years. Uh, KJ Winston, a big fan of his first off um, uh, six one and change, almost six, two can run pretty well. Um, you know, brings a lot. If you put on his highlights from the spring, he only played three games, but he had a really, really good uh, short stretch of games there. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a legit battle to be honest with you between Penn state and, and Maryland. I wouldn't have said that a couple of weeks ago, coming out of his official visit, we thought he may actually shut some things down and, and commit to Penn state, but went to Maryland last weekend was very impressed with them. So I think it's going to be one of those things where he's going to have some thinking to do. And, and, you know, given the, the status of both programs is probably a lot closer than you would think, especially if you're a fan listening to the, to the Penn state podcast here. And another standout from DeMatha Catholic, uh, which always churns out the top prospects and, and Penn State signed a couple linemen from there in the 2022, uh, 2020 cycle, I should say, Kaziah Izzard um, and Golden Israel Achumba. Uh, there's going to be a lot of guys on campus. We're going to tell you who they are. We're going to tell you why that matters. Stay with us here in the Lions 24-7 podcast. After that, we'll also get to our five-star mailbag. It's all just ahead with Sean and I.
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the fourth consecutive Friday in which we have sat down and recorded this podcast with kind of a centerpiece conversation being an official visit weekend here in Happy Valley. Uh, the last three weekends centered more on the uncommitted targets. This one for a while now, we've been kind of circling as a key one for the committed players anticipating 11 of 12 commits in this 2022 class will be together on campus at Penn state this weekend. Um, the, the outlier of that bunch, um, Alex Paquetta, the punter will not be coming up to campus from Georgia. Um, but everybody else, whether they're official unofficial, and no, really notably here, Sean, that does include Drew Shelton. I mean, first off, notably, they didn't let the punter come. I mean, that's pretty That's pretty sad right there. I mean, they're people too. Um, but no, Baquetta had some other things to take care of this weekend. But yes, Drew Shelton coming back. I think that's a really good sign. Um, canceled visits to Georgia, potentially a visit to Florida State, uh, not on the radar anymore. We talked to him this week, a long, long interview up with him on Lions 24-7 this week following his official visit. Um, you know, still a couple schools poking around and that's, I don't think that's going to go away, especially since he's at IMG now. So, uh, but getting him back up this weekend, he originally was, he originally scheduled his official visit weekend for the 18th because his sister had a volleyball tournament uh, conflict, so he couldn't make it, but he's going to end up making the trip anyways, which I think is a very good sign. Um, But Shelton being there is good. Tyler Johnson's coming up for the, for the, I think his third trip in the last two weeks, uh, he committed, of course, to Penn State early this week. Um, so yeah, that's it's going to be a very, very uh, Penn State commit heavy weekend on campus. When we look at this, uh, a catalyst for for long stretch of this recruiting cycle now has been Caden Saunders. I know he's been really excited to get back to campus, recruit a lot of these guys in person. He mentioned Emil Wagner, the offensive line and out of Ohio. We'll talk about him in a moment. He mentioned Damari Alston, the running back out of Atlanta. He talk, uh, we'll talk about him in a second, too. But Darius Clements has been at the forefront for Caden Saunders. If you heard him on our podcast this spring, that was clear. And I caught up with him very recently. And I have a story up on Lines 24-7 about why this means so much to him. These two are friends they cultivated a relationship just just through the the kind of the the, the national prospect circuit um and, and you know you would say okay kid from outside of columbus ohio and a kid from portland oregon how does this work but they are in constant communication saunders has been a penn state commitment since last july so clemens has repeatedly heard about what maybe the nittany lions could offer what they could present to him and this is one that Caden saunders has been waiting for to spend 48 hours on his future campus with this close friend and, and the guy who plays the same position and what he says he loves about Clemens, Sean, is the way he feels like he would balance out this receiver group. You add Tyler Johnson t- to this uh, collection earlier this week. You've already got Caden Saunders, Anthony Ivey, and maybe Makai Flowers as part of that bunch. Uh, 
Darius Clements is different. Six foot three, 200 plus pounds. Um, just, and it's nice to have different physical makes up, makeups, different skill sets to plug three different receiver positions. And I know that this class has grown fast and people are wondering how many more wide receivers can you possibly take? Uh, Caden Saunders is not slowing down on this pursuit. Hey, I'm shocked that the slot receiver would be perfectly okay with them bringing in a six three two ten guy because um, he ain't taking his spot anytime soon. So, uh, yeah, but this is this is an interesting one beyond the Saunders because you you look he's got a crystal ball pick in for Penn State. I think uh, Brandon Huffman put that one in um, and or a long Greg time Biggins, ago or Greg Biggins. They're all the same on the West Coast. I'm sorry, guys, <laughs> um, but it was a long time ago. But the 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 genesis for that that this is a kid. Uh, Clemens is from Michigan. He moved out to, to Oregon, but the relationship with Taylor Stubblefield was his best relationship. And that's, to, that's, that's the interesting thing to me. Peer recruiting is great and everything, but you're going to have to have that connection with the coach. And, and that's where the, the, the crystal ball pick, the crystal ball pick was before the Saunders stuff really picked up. Um, so the crystal ball, uh, you know, pick was put in because of, because of Taylor Stubberfield. And that says a lot to me. Um, I'm curious to see how long this recruitment takes. I don't think this is one that ends in July. I think this is one he wants to go into the fall, maybe take some unofficials, maybe take, I think he has one official left to take um, and, and we'll see where things stand from there. So I think if you're, if you're talking about Darius Clemens, it's probably a little bit more of a slow burn than, you know, the, the most of the guys that have been on campus in June. Uh, we've also seen a lot of running backs coming to campus. It's kind of been a, a revolving door of running backs here. Each weekend has featured a blue chip running back. You're going to see two of them here this weekend. Damari Alston out of Atlanta, George Pedaway from Virginia. Uh, recent vid- visitors, of course, include uh, Katron Allen, uh, Ramon Brown, Nick Singleton, Amari and Hampton. Still no running back commitments. We're expecting to. And here's a couple more names to monitor. Yeah, Damari Alston, George Petaway, um, to a couple of really good backs that are coming on. That's the thing. Penn State's hosted a bunch of backs in June. They're all really good. Yes. <laughs> you know, Singleton and Amari and Hampton was here last uh, uh, last weekend. Uh, Katron Allen the first weekend. So they're all really good backs. And I, I don't feel this is kind of what we said two cycles ago. You don't feel like Penn State's going to miss on a good back. You're just wondering which which good back it's going to be. Um, it's some interesting stuff from Steve on Amari and Hampton. You might want to check out the board on that uh, as well. But Alston, we'll start with him. Um, this is a guy that I thought kind of like in the Catron Allen mold, maybe just a tier below some of those other guys. Um, but some schools have, have been really impressed. He went to uh, Florida, I believe, at the, st- at the beginning of June, ran a four or five for them. All of a sudden got their attention a little bit more. This is a kid I thought would probably end up like at a Georgia Tech um, because the way that running back recruiting goes, you've got a certain bank of schools that are filling out on the top, top guys. And then, you know, a bunch that are keeping other guys warm. I thought Alston was probably in that latter category like Catron Allen. Um, but uh, he went to LSU impressed LSU. I think Steve put in an LSU crystal ball pick um, Penn state from, from speaking to people around Penn state, they're impressed with what he brings to the table. I don't think he's a guy that blows you away. He's not a four three kid or anything like that, but it's tough to get a shot on him. It's tough to get a clear line on him. And as a running back, that's something that, uh, that they covet there. Petaway, on the other hand, really dynamic athlete, still learning to be a running back. He's one of my favorites in the class. And, and, and it's easy to have a bunch of favorites at running back when you're covering Penn State because they're they're recruiting the sort of the cream of the crop there. Um, but Petaway is up there, um, you know, a little bit skinnier, but good receiver, does a lot of things very well. And like I said, he's a dynamic athlete. So you've got a couple of sort of different style running backs, but guys that have been on the board for a long time. Um, and I think what they've had seven running backs on six or seven running backs, take officials this, this month. And that's 
a really, really big group. And now we're going to be curious coming out of this month. Okay, what happens now? What, who do you end up with and when do you get them? And, and we're still thinking Nicholas Singleton isn't going into the season as an uncommitted back. So that's going to be a huge domino to fall and we'll see what happens around him. By the way, Alston last year, 2000 plus all purpose yards, uh, nearly 30 touchdowns at Woodward Academy in Atlanta, um, which, which is a, a good one down there in the, in the city area. And, and by the way, Alston, uh, four star just outside the top 300 overall. Petaway also a four star and just inside the top 100. So um, again, you, you look down the list of maybe the top 30, 40 running backs in the country. Penn State's going to hold, uh, a, will have hosted a, a significant chunk of that group here in June. And, and Jay Wan Sutter, we know he can, he can work some magic in person, still waiting to see materialized in the form of a commitment, but we'll be keeping tabs on these two um, offensive line. You know, clearly with the way things are training with Alessandro Lorenzetti, that's probably a name that we're going to cross, cross off the list soon. Maybe he's committed to Michigan by the time you hear this podcast, that's where the momentum is moving. Emil Wagner, another one out of Ohio, um, Buckeyes in play here. Um, and another that Caden Saunders said he'd love to make that journey to happy Valley with, uh, you know, next year, because you've got, Drew, Drew Aller, the quarterback from Ohio. You've got the wide receiver, Caden Saunders from Ohio. And this is a four-star offensive tackle, um, but a guy that's going to be really hard to get back in Happy Valley after this weekend. By the way, I did some counting. Uh, Penn State has hosted five of the top 20 running backs on official visits. It's so you, you were that's good. a little conservative with <laughs> yeah. the top 40, uh, but five of the top 20. I think Damari Alston checks in. Slightly below that, twenty nine. So, um, yeah, that's uh, six of the top thirty, five of the five of the top twenty. I mean, that's still what twenty five percent that you're working with or so. Decent so. little clip right there. Yeah. So, um, but Emil Mag- Emil Wagner's always been an interesting one because it seemed like one of those kids. He's a he's an Ohio State kid with an Ohio State offer. Um, you know, that's something I think where they wanted to see a little bit more of him, but at the same time, really like him. I still think that. Uh, it, you know, if they'll if they'll move up and take him right away, he took that official visit the first weekend of June. You know that you got to like Ohio State for an Ohio kid. That's just kind of the way it works. Went to Notre Dame, just came from Maryland uh, for for a midweek visit. Went to Kentucky as well. Um, so he's kind of working those things around. There's a couple other schools involved, but Penn State's. Um, you know, I, I for some reason. I think Penn State's got a shot here just because he hasn't, you know, made the jump for Ohio State. I think if that makes any sense. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's really one of those things where you kept wondering if he was going to make it this this far in the, along in the month, and now all of a sudden you've got the last shot at him in June, and you have an opportunity to to try and turn that one on his head. I don't know that's going to happen, but it's it's going to be a tough sell because that that competition's really really high up there. But uh, it's uh, you know he's coming on for the last weekend in June. What what, what more can you ask with a Mill Walker? Earlier this Wagner, month, uh, <laughs> earlier this month, uh, we talked about Caleb Artis coming to campus. He's the number two prospect overall in New York. Penn State will see the number one overall prospect in New York based on these composite rankings. And Moses Walker, uh, considered the number sixteen linebacker nationally. There's my, there's my Walker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there it is. <laughs> one, I, read, I read ahead one line. Yeah, I know you've got. I, I know you just put up the list too uh, before we recorded with all the names of guys who are going to be at this big man challenge and seven on seven camp. So you got a lot of names bouncing around. We'll, we'll let you slide on this one. And, and Walker though is an interesting recruitment, Sean. I, it's hard for me to figure out. You got some local flair there, uh, Brooklyn kid. You've got Rutgers trying to keep him in the area you've got Penn State out here to the west hosting him now and then way west Southern Cal making a move with Moses Walker not too long ago again I'm going to be curious to hear what he has to say coming out of this weekend I think he likes the idea of Southern Cal I don't know that he likes potentially going that far I think he'll stay home I think it will be Penn State or Rutgers Um, but I, I you know 
kind of like what we said with KJ Winston earlier. I wouldn't undersell Rutgers chances right here. They've got a great relationship with him. He's been on campus multiple times, got a great relationship with his coaching staff, which I don't know that they have that at, at Penn state. So it's going to be one of those things where, you know, Doan has a pick in for Rutgers and, you know, there's a reason for that. So i uh, be interested to see if they can swing him. Walker's recruitment has been very interesting because he hasn't been the highest guy on the board, even though we don't know, you know, what they're doing essentially at linebacker. Uh, but Walker's a guy that, uh, you know, they kind of, I don't want to say they slow played him, but he, you know, he wasn't the top guy on the board, wasn't one of the top guys on the board. Um, now all of a sudden you're bringing him in, in for a late official visit, you're kind of playing the hard sell here and seeing what you can get out of it. But uh, that's, that's going to be one that you're going to have to turn him. I, I, I do believe Penn state trails coming to the visit. I think he's very sort of like what I said with USC, very intrigued at the idea of linebacker U. And we'll, we'll see because of location, he's going to get a chance to, to check that out. So um, very curious to see how this one turns out over the next couple of days. Well, from the Northern Atlantic side of Florida, uh, defensive back Ken Miller is going to be visiting Penn State. He's a guy that we've heard from in the past. Looking forward to this visit. Now it's happening here at the end of June. Considered a four-star cornerback prospect. Top 300 overall talent in the composite rankings. Actually, 24-7 sports, much higher on him. Number 152 overall versus 280 in the composite rankings. And Ken Miller wraps up this list, Sean, of official visitors, or does he? Oh, yeah, I'm going to add another player to that list by the time you listen to this. Um, But for Cam Miller, uh, this is a kid. My guy, Andrew Ivins down in Florida, absolutely loves this kid. He thinks he can play at any school down there in Florida. Um, And that's obviously saying a lot. Um, This is a a longer kid, uh, probably um, probably going to stick at corner, to be honest with you. He's probably corner, maybe a safety more so than one of those corners that we've been projecting to. to outside linebacker or something like that, but really good athlete, really long athlete. Um, they think that, you know, he could, he could potentially uh, fill one of those corner spots. He came up for an unofficial visit in early June. Really, really impressed. I think top two, he said Penn state and Virginia tech right now. And for him to, to swing around, set up an official visit. I think that says good things for Penn state. Hearing a lot of Virginia Tech, Rutgers, Maryland, a lot of regional things shaping up for even for guys that are outside of the region. And and, and with Cam Miller, by the way, 2020, heck of a season for him. Uh, also gets it done on the offensive side of the football. Just about 2,000 total yards playing kind of a, a dual threat quarterback uh, and, and also stand out on defense as well. Um, that's where he'll play in college. But a guy who brings a lot to the table. So there in the names, fewer uncommitted guys in recent weekends. But Sean, what do we, you know, how much do you put, in the presence of 11 commitments spending time with these guys and, you know, having meals and having conversations. And what does that do for Penn state? Cause it's something that has not been done for Penn state since the 2020 cycle. Yeah. That that's an interesting dynamic for this weekend because you look at this list and nobody, maybe, maybe Cam Miller, but nobody really jumps out at you as a guy that's, um, you know, overwhelmingly favoring Penn state or anything like that, or even slightly favoring Penn state, but getting around those commits has the potential to, to swing some of those guys. So maybe a pet away. Clemens, you mentioned earlier with uh, with Caden uh, Saunders. So uh, the the peer aspect of it, and we know this class has been heavy on peer recruiting with you know Tally and, and Jerry Cross and those guys that have been heavily into the social media side of things, um, to get those guys on campus together, to get them to sort of form that bond and then try and pass that bond uh, to the other six or seven visitors that are coming, official visitors that are coming up this week. And I think, I think that can go a long way, which is why you like to have Drew Shelton here. This is why you would, you know, 
wouldn't hate if somebody that's that's high in your target list would make it up this weekend for an unofficial. I don't think that's going to happen, but um, you know, I think this could be such a a selling weekend for those guys. And, and, and really you're probably taking the floor up for these six or seven official visitors. You're probably taking the floor up a little bit higher just based on having the, having them around those guys. Yeah. And unlike some of the earlier visits, a lot of these dudes have been to two, three, four campuses this month by the time they get to see Penn state. Whereas you were getting guys early in their official visit itinerary. This is it. You know, they, they've seen a lot, they've heard a lot uh, and now they're going to be, you know, kind of gathering with mom and dad and, and their, their coaches and figuring this thing out between now and September. So a huge weekend for Penn state. And you mentioned a name there. I did not want to gloss over. We almost went through it without saying it. Jerry cross committed to Penn state 332 days ago, Sean, he's finally setting foot on campus. Congrats to him and his family. I know this is something he has been chomping at the bit to do for so long, and he's got the short end of the stick with a lot. <laughs> when I look at the commitment group, didn't have a junior season at all, not even in the spring. He's been waiting around trying to play football. He's been waiting around trying to get to Penn State from his home in Milwaukee. So really a cool moment for Jerry Cross, and I'm sure a lot of hugs are going to go around between him and the staff and him and his uh, future teammates. You just think these guys, uh, you know, a lot of these guys have not had a chance to meet each other, and they've been, you know, in the same class for nearly a year now. So that's going to be really good for them. And like I said, it's going to be really good for guys like Drew Shelton in terms of getting that family aspect. And that's the, that's been the main theme of talking to uh, talking to players or excuse me, prospects that have visited um, throughout the month, uncommitted, committed, whatever is that family aspect. And I think they're going to try and hammer that home this weekend with the commits. Much easier to to get that family vibe going when you're not doing it over FaceTime and you're not doing it over Zoom. Huge, huge edge for James Franklin and what he likes to do and the way he operates. Uh, Five-star mailbag time, Sean. Let's jump into it. And it addresses the end of June. It's time to figure out where Penn State stands. And here we go. At the start of June, you guys talked about summer commitments and mentioned the class reaching 20 guys before the season. Is that still realistic or have your expectations changed at all? Boy, we, we don't do patience well here, do we? Um, it, Who needs it? it? Yeah, right. It's <laughs> it's kind of um, that I, I, the, you're turning the corner right now. So this is kind of how we laid it out, um, you know, a little bit different from one guy going here, one guy going there. Um, but late June to early July is when you're going to see this movement. So I think the first week of July is going to be very busy. Um, I do think that Penn State, what are they, at 12 right now? I think they can get to 20 by the – where, where do we have it by the start of the season? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that that's – totally realistic. You look at the defensive backfield, that could be a spot where, you know, you get a couple of guys. Uh, we'll see what happens with, uh, with some other positions running back. Maybe you get one and then all of a sudden things happen and, and, and you take two within a week, you know, that's kind of how it's worked out in the past. So um, I do think that they can be at 20. Um, you know, you still have camps going on. You've got uh, the big man challenge and the seven on seven this weekend. So do you pull an offer out of there? Maybe who knows uh, JB Nelson's on campus today. That's one that we're watching very closely. So I absolutely think it's still possible. I know something, you know, Jaden gold has gone elsewhere. Uh, it seems like Jaden Bellamy's trending to, to Notre Dame, but I think that this is still going to be the blueprint where you're going to see July be very busy and you know Penn State will get commits it's gonna happen (laughs) well I think the thing here that's really testing the patience of our listeners and of our readers um, is the fact that the names that we have been discussing for the longest are still undecided and 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 maybe trending in different ways or maybe Penn State's engaged in a really difficult fight for them whereas the guys who have come on board of late 
are really not long-term radar guys, right? You had uh, Alex Baquetta, the punter, hop on board. That didn't really move the meter for a lot of people. Awesome podcast interview, not a splashy pickup. You had Tyler Johnson coming on board this week. He didn't get offered until last month. You had uh, Tyrese Mills getting offered after his first junior college game this spring, committing very quickly. And then Malik McNeil uh, offered this year as well. So not a guy who was you know offered as a sophomore or something like a lot of these players. So I think that's where it comes into play. A lot of the names we're talking about, a lot of these official visitors, we've been discussing them since maybe before the pandemic in some cases or a lot you know coming out of this winter um and those guys haven't made their moves yet but that's what we talked about this is important you have one month to pack it in pack it in get to july 4th and then then, you know sit down figure this out and my thing is and and the reason i was a little bit lower i think i i think you said maybe 20 i was more towards 17 18 and I, i think you're absolutely right they could add eight guys before september that wouldn't be a surprise at all but i do wonder how many guys come out of june not feeling as confident as they thought they would um, just because they, they couldn't possibly pack it in, digest everything and come to a realistic, clear solution and feel good about handing over their commitment to a coaching staff. Um, I do wonder that how many guys are going to say, look, we got short change this cycle. I need to take visits in the fall. I need to take this thing closer to early, early signing period. I just think that, that that's the one thing that gives me pause on, on the numbers, but it certainly sounds like these guys are starting to set up decision dates, commitment timelines. So maybe I'm off there. Uh, maybe it's going to be fewer guys pausing than I think. And there's also the matter of coaches pushing pause on recruitments, guys that maybe on May 30th, they thought they'd come out of June wanting, maybe don't want them so much going into July now. Yeah, it's everything works. In, and I think that's the thing that we lose sight of sometimes is it's a case by case basis, you know, with these kids. And, and you know, sometimes the, the coach is cool. Sometimes the players and the family's cool. Sometimes, you know, like we've mentioned, there's been a lot of double commits this this cycle. And like I said, not just at Penn State, all over the place, even happened to Ohio State last week. So um, it's uh, it's been quite a uh, a month. It's not for the weak of the stomach. It's It's been very frustrating from this end sometimes when you you know you think you've got you think you got it nailed down all of a sudden things change on a a, you know just break the other way and it's been uh it's been a crazy month i think it's been a you will look back and say it was a fun month i don't know if we find that find ourselves saying that in this in the uh in the moment right now but it's been a fun month it's been uh been a hectic i think hectic is probably the best way to go about it well, what did I say to you before we started recording when we were talking about everything that we were dealing with today? Said, remember last June when we were trying to put together a show? Yeah, that's why we don't bitch too much. It's, <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we're not taking this one for granted. So we've had a, a ton of content up on the site. We do do suggest you checking out uh, a lot of VIP stuff. I know we got a bunch of VIP members that listen to this as well. So it's uh, it's been hectic. It's been fun. Uh, what did Andy describe it at? I think Andy said hectic or uh, I. It, uh, contr- what did he say? Uh, controlled chaos controlled or one, chaos. Of the, one of those that kind of terms. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So um, it's been, it's been every bit of that. So, and, and, and like we said, I think they're turning the corner in terms of, of number of commitments and that's not necessarily a, that's, that's painting with a broad brush. Really. We mentioned guys like Clemens going into the fall, maybe the winter, not everybody's going to be able to do that. Um, so, but, but I think you're turning the corner going to start probably the first week of July, seeing a lot more in, in terms of returns. Yeah, the theme of the show here in June and of the site was commit uh, was visits was visits visits visits. I think July it's going to be commitments, and then August it's going to be football, and it's going to be football topics and football questions, and not about protocols and not about how guys are practicing and where they're practicing and if they're meeting and how Zoom's going. Football, and that's what I talked about with Brent Pry and Mike Yersich this week. We got a bunch online lines twenty four seven. We're going to focus in on those conversations a little bit later here. We'll see if we got to talk about a bunch of commitments in the next couple of weeks, but we will find time in July. 
July to break down those conversations a bit more, peel back the curtain on what's going on on both sides of the football for Penn State. 10 weeks again before kickoff of the 2021 season. So we're juggling a busy recruiting period, but let's not forget we are right on the verge, Sean, of seeing these guys get back on the field and competing. I know there's roster movement. There's a lot to figure out, uh, but but it's 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 happening, man. 71 days from as we speak, we'll see Penn State on the football field at Madison, Wisconsin, in front of 100% capacity crowd. We got to get to work. We got to get to the fields. Hopefully, we're not quite sure what the coverage situation looks for us. That's kind of been the case. That's what life is right now in 2021. Hopefully, in 2022, we know where we can be and when we can be and, and all that stuff. But right now, kind of day by, day by day, you know we'll have coverage up at Lions 20. 247.com. Sean, anything else to add and as we get ready to, to try to go cover something and, and make something of it? Nope. We got work to do. Time to go. <laughs> All right. See you guys later. We'll talk to you next week and we'll break down anything that comes from this weekend. Check out all the content along the way at lines247.com and drop your five-star mailbag question at Apple Podcast with your five-star rating review and question. We'll get to that. We'll talk to you soon. This is the Lions 24-7 Podcast. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus.